So hi and welcome to another episode of Raising the Revival Generation and this is a different episode because as you can see there is a lot less beauty in the room and more beast for this episode. There is, there is. But there's nothing wrong with when the girls are away the boys will play and the girls decided that they were going to go to Ikea. Yep. So they so that leaves us to uh to do what we want to do. Do we want no rules. No rules. This is a no <laughs> rules episode and so uh, brace yourself. Um, actually, I gotta introduce you yep. because uh, we have a returning guest, mm-hmm. our only guest, I guess. <laughs> it's Josh Soma, and last time you came, you were doing something completely different with your life. Yep. And you weren't engaged, you weren't married, you were lost in a wilderness of loneliness. I and was lost. now you are married. And found. And yes. found, yes. You were once lost, but now you're found. Now and I'm now found. your life has purpose. Yes, and that's sir. to make someone happy. Yes, sir. So it's good how to be have things been going? It's been an adventure, Pastor Jason, and uh, I can't believe our first episode was uh, as the boyfriend, and now months later, uh, husband and uh, son-in-law, and it's it's an exciting new season in position, so I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it wasn't years later. It wasn't years. It was months. Months. Months later. Months. months later. Things move fast when you're in God's will. They do. You just start going. But uh, So you're here. I'm here. And I was just going to figure out what you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Because a lot of times when we do these podcasts, um, we have an idea at the beginning and then it kind of flows and things happen along the way that where God starts speaking Mm. and the spirit starts moving. And then we kind of highlight those areas that we feel like God's leading us. Yep. But this podcast, we did not plan anything. That's right. We just said, we just said they're out shopping. So let's go record something and see what happens. So, but you were, but we were talking before the podcast about faith. Yep. And so now I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as you started at the beginning of this podcast, you said things move fast in the will of God. And uh, what's very interesting about this season and what God is doing right now is he's looking for people to not take blind steps, mm. but obedient steps. Um, because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, that faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the confidence of things unseen. So you can actually see things in your mind eye, which we would say spiritually, and you can walk it out and they begin to actually happen physically. And so, uh, the Mm. beautiful thing about, uh, this season with being married and, and being months later is that it didn't feel overwhelming. Because sometimes we try to rush things and it feels tiring, it feels heavy, it feels exhausting, but it's actually when you're in the will of God, when you're doing what God's called you to do, there's an ease to it. There's a peace to it. Because even when things seem like they're out of control that... Because when we were getting going through the marriage process, it didn't make sense to us. We said, how do we fall in love so fast? How did our passions align? How did our callings align? And now there are still things we're trying to figure out as we go. Um, but things connected so quickly and so easily, just like a, a piece to the puzzle. Mm. And there was something inside of me that said, this is it. And I always had people tell me, I've been, I've been pursuing this for the past 12 years, marriage, and, uh, How old were you 12 years ago? I was 12 years old, pursuing, pursuing marriage. marriage at 12, huh? Wow. I was, uh, I was ready. I had my books. I did my the homework. Books. I did, I did the book studies. Please I don't did tell the... me you kissed, you read "I Kiss Dating Goodbye." I did read oh, that. My gosh. Um, I, uh, I would not recommend that, that book. But um, it's a, it's a, that book is a fascinating to me because it's a dude who wanted every other guy not to kiss a girl. Yep. 
But plot twist, he was gay. Yep. <laughs> that throws a wrench. Yeah. Of course, he doesn't want other dudes. They're taking his, taking his turf. You got to protect. Uh, they, yep. But that's and a whole other podcast. For whole another podcast. Sorry, keep going. And so, uh, for twelve years, I was really um, anxious and frustrated when things didn't seem to work out. Um, but again, as soon as you step into what God has for you, um, the Bible says by f- faith and patience, you inherit mm. the promises of God. So that word faith in that verse is you keep pressing forward, not striving, but even as the Bible says, abiding. Yeah. So just like when you're with your father, it seems like things are your natural father. It seems like things are easier. It seems like you have all the resources that you need. You have all the food that you need, the clothing. And so when that verse says, by faith and patience, you inherit the promises of God, number one, there has to be a promise. And so I knew that even just the scripture alone says that God did not create man to be alone in Genesis. And yeah. so I took that verse, I'm, I I owned it, I believed it, and for 12 years I I prayed and it, and there had to be a point of surrender though. It even yeah. well, just so you know, like that was that's the Jewish Bible, the the Old Testament is the Jewish. Yes. They wouldn't even yeah. consider you a man. They were at 12 at 12 years old. Yep. You still need to go through that whole process and yep. Mazel Tov or whatever they do there. And yes, it's bar mitzvah, I believe it, they call it's that. A, it's so a bar like, mitzvah. So you weren't even at that stage yet, but was you were it? preparing. I was preparing. Oh, good for you. I was preparing. At 12 years old, I was like eating candy and. Uh, Maybe playing like Mario or something. Yeah. But. When God has something special for you, he, the Bible says, he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. That's true. And so he started a good work in me at 12. And I want to really emphasize this too, is you never get anywhere by yourself. Yeah. And so what God has done in my life at 24 years old and as quickly as he's done it is because of the people that God has placed in my life has prepared me for the blessing. And I, I th- th- just, just being a family podcast, like yeah. I agree that that is like a thousand times more true yeah. when it comes to marriage. Mm. Um, and I, and we were this morning I was asked, I asked you a question out of the Smith Wigglesworth book that I was reading. And, uh, and that really is, even for him, yeah. in order for him to succeed in the ministry that he did, which was an amazing ministry and saw many miraculous things, the preaching of the gospel, his wife yeah. had to be his partner and actually had to teach him. She was the original preacher yeah, because he couldn't read and he was, had a stuttering problem and she taught him how to read yep. because he dropped out of school at seven years old to work to support his family, but he had a calling on his life. Yeah. And when he got that partner in life, that ministry partner too, yeah. when they came together, it opened the door for him to actually step into all that God had for him. Yeah. Yeah. And so what you just said there, like the, those, those relationships are very valuable and the most valuable mm. is the one of the spouse, yeah. the helpmate, the one that, cause she's, she's with you through thick and thin. Yeah. Like when you make a bad decision, everybody else might leave, but she's sticking with you. She's the yeah. one that's, that's riding it out with you or, or she's the one that's, that's in it the most with you. She has the most skin in the game because she's tied herself to you Yeah. and the two became one, yep. but I didn't mean to cut you off, but when you no. were just saying that, that just that just clicked here. And I, speaking for myself, that that's been the greatest asset to me. And it and it took me a little it took me a little bit to figure that out. Mm. Was that um, that God didn't just join me with my wife just to have a family, mm. but the calling that I have on my life, I needed her, and I still need her to this day to go to to get there. Yes. To, and, it, and when we realized that, for me and my wife, when we realized that, it accelerated everything faster. Yeah. It accelerated our like the the pro, like even in the last episode we talked about the faith. Yeah. 
Like every every step of the way, when when I was sowing the things I was sowing, and when I was seeking God for the things I was seeking God for, when I was fasting, she was with me every step of the way. Yeah, she was the one I confided in. She was the one that was praying with me, praying for me, to the, and she still does to this day. Mm. She was the partner that I needed to go into those. And oftentimes, like we don't see it that way. Yeah, we see them as just. Uh, I I think in American, not just American Christianity, but we do a really good job of separating our lives into into. Like compartments. Yeah. This is work Jason. This is family Jason. This is pastor Jason. This is Jason when he's driving his car and people are cutting him off Jason. Yep. This is Jason at Costco's when it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and But that's not how it works. Mm. That's not how the Spirit of God flows in our lives. He doesn't flow in different compartments of, of our lives. He flows through the whole thing. Yeah. And so with that, we have to understand that we can't segregate ourselves to certain parts. <clears throat> I'll tap into that. Go for it. So you mentioned, Pastor Jason, about um, how when you connected with Pastor Bethany and it seemed like an acceleration, it seemed like that God um, was finally putting the peace in place so that you could fulfill your assignment. And one thing I just feel very strongly to encourage somebody that's watching this broadcast is there's something inside of you, but God is placing the right people around you. So be patient, be consistent, be persistent, and wait. Because when you finally have that missing piece uh, come together, it's just going to be a constant flow. It's going to be so fast, and you're gonna you're gonna look back and you're gonna say, "I cannot believe." And this is a personal testimony. I said, "I can't believe what God has done in two months of marriage mm. that I've been waiting for twelve years." And I said, "God, stop." I can't, I can't handle how quick this is going. It's beautiful. It's not frustrating, but it's so big and so beautiful that I literally told the Lord, I said, Lord, I can't handle this. And he said, this is the very thing you've been waiting for for 12 years. So for whoever's watching this podcast, it seems difficult now. But if you keep the faith and you trust that the Lord has great things for you, the Bible says that God gives good gifts to his children. So he's not punishing you. He's not angry with you. But what he's doing is preparing you for the blessing because when you get the blessing, you have to steward it well. Yeah. And I'm going to tap into this really quickly. You can lose the blessing after you've been given, been given a gift from God by your mismanagement. I heard a uh, pastor, Miles Monroe, say, you lose what you mismanage. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage you that if you're believing for something great, keep waiting, keep praying, and keep working. Because what ends up happening is people stop and you never see the connection take place because you stopped right before the connection took place. Well, also, if you mismanage, like we have the story of the talents. Yeah. And like the person who got the talents and did nothing with what he was given yep. was called a wicked servant. Yeah. And he was, and he, what was he had was taken away and given to the to the other servants. So, like understanding that too, like if God's given you something, it's your like you said, it's your job to steward. And going on the idea of gifts and marriage is that when God created Adam, yeah, he looked at him and said, "It's not good that man should dwell alone." So, so what did he do? He created a woman mm. because it wasn't good. The loneliness wasn't good. So God gave a gift of a woman into his life, mm. which. If it, sorry, if there was something that that's not good, and God corrects it, it's a blessing. Yeah. Marriage is supposed to be a blessing. Yep. And if you ever read uh, Matt, uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Yeah. Actually, I did this at your wedding, right? You did. I uh, I, I spoke about love because uh, I was praying and I said, God, I don't, because you wanted a salvation message. And I was like, how do I do a love message that's not overly cross, yeah. still marriage centric, but still touches the, the um, grounds of redemption and, and Jesus's love and perfect uh, love. 
And uh, God brought me to the after the fall, when God tells the woman, yeah, He says, she said, He says, you're you're gonna, um, your heart will be for your for your husband. He will lord over you. Yep. And and talked about how the relationship after the fall was broken. It was fractured. Mm. And what Christ did was He brought it back into the way it should be that the husband and the wife become one again. Yeah. There's no this lord lording and domineering and one trying to be over the other, but it's actually they come become one. And when they're one in purpose and one in unity and one in spirit and soul and mind and all that, mm. then they start walking in that again. Because essentially, if I'm battling with my wife, yeah, how am I supposed to minister to the church? Yeah. Um, yeah. how am I supposed to get into that place? Where, like if I can't, if I can't walk in unity with my wife, if I can't treat her as Christ treats the church, yeah. then how can I be expected to be a shepherd of the church, which is the bride of Christ, if I can't treat my own bride right? Yeah. And a part of that is also seen in the, in when Paul's talking to the church, mm. when he talks about leadership in the church. Yeah. What's the number one requirement to be a leader in the church? Yeah. Well, you have to manage your own household well. You have yep. to be able to steward the gifts that God's given you at the basic level before you can before you can look past that to the major level. Yeah. So if you can't manage your children and your house and you and they well, and and when we say well, it's not according to an earthly standard. Yeah. Right. That's not what God's calling us to be. Mm. Like the call in your life is not to be more and more like like somebody else. Yeah. Your, the call in your life is to be more and more like Jesus. Yep. There's a certain person that you're idol that you're following. You're mm. following Christ, and Paul says, "He says, follow me as I follow Christ." Like if we keep down this journey, mm. we're going to be more and more like Christ. And so when we look at the way we manage our households, we look at our marriages because so many people are just like so grumpy in their marriages. Yeah, like it's not a blessing anymore. Yeah. The blessing has become a curse. Yeah, and it's like what God saw as not good, man being alone. Like he he blessed him with a wife. Mm. And then the two became one, and it made everything else easier. Yeah. It makes life easier, but you have to be in that place where you're willing to love like Christ love. Yeah. And, and if you can't get to that place, then it's going to be really hard, because you're yeah. constantly going to be in strife mm. with each other. You're going to be doing more fighting with your wife than you would with the church staff. Yeah. Which, yeah. hopefully, you're not in that position. <laughs> like, yeah. That would be terrible. But like, that, that's yeah. what happens when, when you were, like you were saying, when the blessing... Mm. It, it's no longer the blessing in your life. And that's yeah. not because it changed because of God. Yeah. Right? That's not that's not it at all. Like mm. even children. Yeah. I, I mean, my kids get a get a little out of hand, but they're but they're still in the long run, they're still a blessing. Yeah. And and we gotta remember that that they're not a curse. Yeah. The the children weren't a curse from God. The children they're a gift from God. They're the inheritance of the Lord. Mm. And it says that blessed is a man who whose quiver is full. Yeah. And so it's understanding that and, and grasping that reality and not allowing ourselves to get into a mindset where it's otherwise. Yeah. Because then we're not aligned with God's word. Mm. And we might think, like, well, they don't, they don't obey or whatever. But, but if we, we are only in control of ourselves, we have to control the way we think. That's good. Because the way, yeah. you, the way you think about those situations are the way you're going to respond in those situations and the way you're going to um, address them. Yeah. And the way you're going to talk to them. The other, the other aspect of it, which is something that we talk on this podcast, is that they're created in the image of God. Yeah. They're God's first. Yeah. Before I even held my daughters, like mm. Adeline, Lila, or Jaira, or, or Micah, my son, and Asher and Zion, God mm. was knitting them together in the womb. Yeah. And as he says in his word, that he consecrated them. Mm. And at some point as a father and you as a husband yeah. and me as a husband, we're going to have to give account to how well we stewarded the things that God gave us, Yeah, how well we stewarded our family. Mm. Did we lead them to God? Mm. Did, we, did we encourage them to grow in their faith? Or yeah. did, were we the ones that stunted them because we were too heavy? Yeah. 
they're too hard, too mm-hmm. overbearing, expected too much out of them, weren't willing to sacrifice for them. But yeah. That that goes along with what you're saying about the um about the blessing and the stewardship. Yeah. Like, and I just had to tie it back to a family thing because this is a family podcast. Family God. Yeah. And and we'll we'll keep it on that that vein because what God is after. No, it's 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 really good because you know, so many people they get excited um, again for when God finally opens the door for something, and this this happened to me and and Lexi where we were like, oh my goodness, we've been waiting for so long. Here it is, but then there seems to be like a disappointment just a short time after that. You finally get what you've been expecting, but the reality of it is, is it's the reason it becomes a curse is because of the way you're thinking. And I yeah. want to I want to talk about that for a second because what the devil will try to do is is uh, pin you guys against each other and make you think that um, they're a weight to you rather than a gift to you. Yeah. And here's how he does it is you, you become self-centered again. So the whole point of marriage is not to satisfy your selfish pleasures. The whole point of marriage is to fulfill the gift that God has given to the earth and to fulfill the glory of God. That's what marriage is for. And what our generation is facing in this time of identity crisis, man doesn't know if it's man or woman or woman, What's, what ends up happening is the lack of understanding that there is an assignment and a purpose for everything that you do. So even those that feel called, I'm going to just tap in real quick to those that feel called into ministry while watching this podcast, and and you have to stir your faith by being connected to mentors. Yeah. And as I was... Um, just going through a moment of learning and, and, you know, watching another preacher, they really began to emphasize that ministry is not about you. Your purpose is not about you. Your life is not your own. The Bible says that we are a slave to Christ. No longer do I live, but Christ lives in me. So every time you start to kind of turn the blessing and it seems like it's turning into a curse, it's because you're allowing the Adamic thinking to come back in. The Adamic thinking is when um, the enemy convinced Eve, did God really say that? And then the, the Adamic thinking means the old way of thinking things before you met Jesus mm. to kind of just give you know a, a foundation for that. And so when you're going through arguments or frustrating times or things aren't working um, out the way that you expect them to work out, really evaluate, am I being selfish in this moment? Now- I'm going to give a quick testimony. Um, When the Lord speaks, act. I'm going to say that again. When the Lord speaks to you, act on it because that's what will break the situation. Mm. No matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult it is, if you do the instruction that God gives you, there will be a peace and a release instantly. And so here's what happened. Um, Lexi and I were arguing about some things uh, for a couple weeks, and it just seems like we were a couple weeks. A couple weeks. We've been, yeah, and we just couldn't seem. We just and and not not really like angry, but it's just like we were selfish. We wanted we wanted something our way, and we just couldn't lay it lay it down and just serve one another. We had to be right, and I think that's humanity's problem. We have (laughs) to be right. And before I finish this testimony, I'm going to say this: even when you're right. And you have and you have destructive results. You're wrong. Now that means, even if you're right in an argument with your spouse, with your children, with your friends and your family, even if you are right, but it's there's chaos and there's disunity. You're still in the wrong. Yeah. And so, with the testimony with Lexi, the Lord told me to do two things, and I won't 
you know, go into details. But after I did those two things, it was like a weight lifted off because it was no longer about us being right. It was just about me as the head of the household and the head of the household doesn't mean the Lord over thing. What it means is I'm responsible and I set the pace for the family. Mm. And so as soon as that took place, there was a peace that happened. There was a unity that happened. And there was just blessing. The Bible says in Psalm 133, where there's unity, the blessing will flow. And so uh, I'm just really excited about this podcast and, and really just speaking faith into this generation that your current situation is not the end and you have the ability to stop it right now, right here. Yeah. You don't have to wait. And and that's another thing that the enemy really tries to convince us. It'll never change or you 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 did too much wrong. And I've been dealing with that for a couple months that there's some things in the beginning of the relationship yeah. That I was like, it'll never change. And the Lord said, it'll change right now by faith. And, well, there was two things. First of all, confession is a big thing. So yeah. what you speak, because that's the that's that process. Yeah. That's the, the, I asked you to have a pastor, you said, that's stinking, stinking, thinking. Stinking, thinking, yeah. And I was like, that's corny, man. But I just used it, so it yeah. stuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, the, that's that thought process, because you get stuck in it. So everything yeah. you, resp- how you respond, because your mind's not transformed or renewed, yeah. right, through the Word of God. That's why we go to the Word of God. Yeah. It renews our mind. and But we get into stuck in that pattern of thinking. Yeah. And it just, it's, like it's never going to change. So then you respond based on what you already are. Pre- but you're, you have those preconceived notions that you're walking yeah. into it. So you automatically are going to respond. It's like me when I talk, call like a, a company. Yeah. And I know that they're just going to be like, no help. Mm-hmm. Like, ex- I'm not going to say their name. No more. I was going to say something, but I don't want to do that. But like when yeah. you, you know, like you're just going to get somebody who, and you're not going to understand what they're saying because yeah. they're not even probably within a million miles from you. They're like way off in some other yeah. distant land. Um, and like you, so you go into it with the, the and then all of a sudden you, you, someone picks up and they have an accent that you understand and you're like, Oh, I know these people, yeah. but like, but you go into it with that and it all automatically determines how you're going to respond. Yeah. And, and yeah. your, your thoughts are already going in your head and that's, and that's exactly what happens with yeah. those things is that you get stuck in those cycles of thinking mm. and then everything that comes out, every way you respond. And, and then you get conversations like, well, this is the way you've always been, or you used to, that's the, this will tell you the truth. Marriage yeah. counseling 101, don't ever bring up the past. Yeah. Because you want to know something? Jesus is never going to bring up your past. Yeah. You, there's a forgiveness aspect that needs to occur in marriages that, are, that is like a supernatural thing. Yeah. That's, that's the forgiveness. Like when, when we're told to love God and love the, our neighbors as ourselves, all right, that's a supernatural type of love. Yeah. That only comes through the Spirit. Mm. And so the same thing goes with our spouses. Like you don't, you don't keep live, ha- rehashing the old thing. You forgive. Yeah. And you and you and you and you continue to to grow together. You don't let those things anchor you down. Yeah. Otherwise, that's where you're going to be stuck. Yeah. And then you're never going to allow them to move past those issues in their life that they that I don't know whatever they are they whatever they did like you're never going to get past those things. You're gonna you're gonna be the one that's chained them to it. Yeah. Not God and not Jesus or even themselves. Or yeah, sometimes they want to. Sometimes yeah. there's a healing that happened in their life and they're ready to move forward and then they get dragged back. Mm-hmm. People do that all the time. Mm-hmm. So, so doing those things like, well, you did this. It's like, if, you, if that comes out of your mouth, you just know that's not Jesus. And actually, it's Satan who's the accuser. So think yeah. about the spirit by which you're per- saying things to people. Yeah. But um, so the, the confession aspect is, is one aspect of it. But the other aspect of it, and which is what we try to do on this podcast, is the realness. Yeah. Is that people need to be real with each other, not just like within, within the marriage, but that, that you do need to be able to communicate with your spouse. Be like, this is where I'm at. This yeah. is, like me and my wife, like when we're going through hardships, like we'll tell it. Like I need, like she came up to me when we were ready to move. She's like, I need to know that this is like really God. Yeah. 
And and it was just because the weight was so much, but she trusted me enough and she loves me enough to tell me like this is really hard for me. Mm. What I'm coming to you because you're my covering and and you love me. Yeah. Is this are you sure? Yeah. And and that's 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 for her that's a that's like a submission thing, mm. but it's it's a love thing. Yeah. And it's it's my job as the man not to be like, "Well, I told you this is what we it's, it's to come along and nurture yeah. that and be like be like no matter what I will always provide for you, and so and and God is calling us to this, so you can trust me, and I trust God, and and she was like, okay, that's all I needed to hear. Yeah, and that's where the relationship gets to, but it's not always like that. Yeah. So, like I said on this podcast, there the the reality is that is that there are hardships mm. in marriage. There are things that that you have to overcome, mm. and there and there's a growing together. Yeah. But the but I always I say this, and I mean it more each day is that I love my wife so much more now yep. than I ever thought I could, mm. even when we were getting married. Just because of the journey we've been on, the forgiveness that we've had to give each other, the hardships that we've endured together, mm. we've, we've gone through battle together, um, she's, she's, and she's just an amazing woman, and, and I love her more, and every time I see her now, I just, the joy that just fills my heart. And even mm. when we fight now, it's like, at the end, like we were packing and something, it was, a, it was a story about a book. And like, she's like, the book, and I was like, she's like, what are you doing with this book? And I was like, I might give it away. She's like, well, you need to figure it out because we need to pack. And I was like, it's a single book. Like there's all these other things. Yeah. You're focused on my book. Well, yeah. Go do something else. Like, yeah. and she's like, no, you can't, I'm trying to pack up this room. I was like, well, go pack up that room. And it, we were just like, we were stressed. Yeah. That's really what it was. And then at the end, like, by by the end, like, we, we got heated, but then we both started laughing. We're like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. how stupid is it? Like, this is like something out of a TV show, a yep. book. Really, this is what is, is the one that's going to make bring us down, huh? And, like, but but the con- but the truthness that, like, when we, when we share our stories and mm. we don't try to make ourselves more than what we are. Yeah. You take the mask off. Mm. And and you that's the beauty of the Bible, yeah. right? When you're going through the Bible, you're seeing people without their masks. Mm. You're seeing Abraham. God gives yeah. him a promise, and then he tries to do things his own way. Mm. And what is what does God do? And how does it God respond? You see David, mm. a man after God's own heart, and then all of a sudden he falls into this temptation. Yep. And it, and he's just like and and his response at the end when it comes to light, mm. right? God God offers. I mean, there's a consequence for the action, but God restores him. Yeah. And but but his response at the end is like, what have I done? Mm. What have I done to God? In my relationship with God, and and his and then you can see that in the Psalms when he's like, cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. Mm. Um, renew right, renew a right spirit within me. Yeah. And 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 you see those stories of their lives, and you can relate to them because there's no mask there. Mm. There's and um, I mean, just like Jacob. Yeah. How messed up that man's life was until he met God, and God transformed him, and his life afterwards, and the restoration with Esau. Mm. Like you see the you see the stories, and the only perfect one in the Bible is not the human. Yeah. It's not Peter. It's not Daniel. It's not it's not any of those people. Yeah. It's Jesus Christ. Yep. And that's it. Mm. And yet, with all those flaws and the realness of their story, that's what that's what makes it so gripping. You can relate to them. Yeah. Um, as as Christian, as believers, like being married and having kids, there needs to be that realness when you're talking. Yeah. Because you weren't perfect at the beginning. Nope. You weren't perfect, but you did overcome. You mm. know, and so like understanding that that there are things that that try to rise up, but mm. you can get to a place where you start flowing together, and then those those battles become easier. Yeah. And those those things that Satan tries to throw at you guys, mm. like, like they, they become easier, and you can spot them. Yeah, 
And you can identify and be like, well, that, well, that was stupid. Mm. Like the book thing. Yeah. At the end, we were just like laughing, like, what the heck is this is stupid? <laughs> mm. And we were able to move on. And that's a, a minor one, but even on the big things in life. Yeah. The big issues. Like you get to a point where you can talk to each other and you can, and I'm, I'm not saying, like I said, like it's not, it's not perfection. Yeah. Because I ain't Jesus. Mm. One day I'm going to be like him because I will see him as the Bible says. Yeah. But until that day, I, I have to constantly walk in the grace of God mm. to, to fulfill the things that he's called me to, even as a parent, even yeah. as a husband. Mm. And if I miss that, then it, it just sets everything off. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to tap into that real quick. Go that, for it. That we're not like Jesus. Um, but the beautiful, no, we are like Jesus. We are like Jesus. Excuse we're me. We're not Jesus. We're not Jesus. We're, we're like we're Jesus. We're getting closer to him. But the beautiful thing, and this goes back to the faith aspect, the Bible says that we become one. So for those that um, are watching this and, and may struggle with, um, you know, just feeling inadequate or feeling like they don't deserve God's love or feeling like they don't uh, um, have God's forgiveness, it's already there. And for those that put your faith in Christ, the Bible says you literally become one, just like marriage. Yeah. The Bible says you become one flesh. And so what does that look like? It's a spiritual transaction. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be a little risky on this. And I want to be careful because it is a family podcast. Maybe I'll edit it out. Maybe you'll edit it out. But don't sleep around and don't mess around. Um, because when you become one with somebody and when you um, create that spiritual bond with somebody, when you're, when you're dating and when you're getting married, it's not just a physical transaction but it's a spiritual transaction and the reason i'm saying this is because a lot of the things that you're going through is and, and i just sense this in my heart is because of the connections that you have and you're not paying attention that you're reaping the results of somebody else's uh spiritual condition mm. and i believe that somebody that's going to watch this you're you're questioning god why am i going through what i'm going through sometimes you're experiencing spiritual transactions from the connections that you have and the relationships that you're in. If you're in a relationship, an uncommitted relationship and you're fooling around, you're messing around, the beautiful thing about marriage is the covenant. And I want to talk about covenant for a second because um, it goes back to faith. It goes back to family. God made a covenant with us and we can make a covenant with one another and it can be perfect because God is perfect. And again, I want to go back to being one in Christ. Everything you do, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. And so you're righteous, you're made holy, you're made perfect in Christ. And yeah. so I just wanted to emphasize that because again, there's somebody that's going to watch this and they're struggling with their identity, they're struggling with their faith. And uh, those are important understandings from the Bible to know. Oh yeah, and I would I would add, uh, just saying that is like, that's the importance of having your mind renewed yeah. in the Word. Yeah. That's the importance of, of being with in the presence of God because yeah. we're transformed into the image of Christ. Like, yeah. That's the whole part. And that and like the the good thing is that we don't have to rely on our own strength yeah. for any of like for, for what we need. We actually have the spirit. And if we walk by the spirit, we won't walk according to the flesh. As yeah. the Bible says that there's a distinction. So if if we find ourselves going down another path that, that's not lined with the spirit, yeah. then we can stop, we can pause, we can renew our mind in the word and, and get the start hearing the spirit and adjust accordingly. Yeah. And that's the that's 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 why I'm like when you feel conviction, yeah. 
that's the spirits telling you this is not who you are. Yeah. This is you going down the fleshly road yeah. and you need to hold on. Halt mm-hmm. the brakes. If you have an anger problem, you lash out with anger and you feel the conviction. Because yeah. that's what the Holy Spirit conviction is really saying, you're better than this. Yeah. This is not Christ in you shining through. Yeah. You're allowing something else to be the motivating uh, force that's making you respond this way. Yeah. Condemnation, on the other hand, is when Satan gets involved yep. and he says, this is who you are. You're stuck like this. Why are you so stupid? Will you ever be any better? Probably not. And like, that's the difference. And we need to understand and decipher those verses, those, mm. not those, vo- those voices is what I meant to say. Mm. And because then we can respond accordingly. We can adjust by the grace of God. That's, yeah. So like, um, like, this is an amazing thing. It's it's when I did a sermon on the 23rd Psalm this past week at church, and we were talking about provision. Mm. And at the end of the psalm, like, I've always heard that psalm at funerals. Yeah. I've never heard it, like, at, well, except for when I was down at the river in Tampa and Pastor Ronnie was preaching on it. But but it's mostly, like, you, they just read it at funerals, and you study it as a kid, and everything was always associated with, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever meant that you were dying. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not it. Yeah. When he's talking about forever, that's, he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord every day of my life because of the relationship I have. And he says, surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me. Yeah. And so when we walk in according to God's word, those things follow us in every aspect of our life. Yeah. Our marriage, mm. our children, our finances, our business, mm. everything that we do. As if, we, if the Lord's the shepherd, now a shepherd calls, his sheep respond. Yeah. And if we don't respond to the voice, mm. then we can't expect those things in our life. Yeah. If we're not walking according to his word, if yeah. we're not, if it says he leads me, he guides me, he lets me lie down. Mm. If we're not following God, we can't expect the results that we would get from being righteous and walking with God. Yeah. Like we, it, it just, in John, when it says, it says, if, if we, if we say we have fellowship and we will walk in the light as he is in the light, yeah. if you're walking in darkness mm. then you can't expect the benefits of the blessing of right, walking in right relationship with God. Yeah. And that goes back to what you said. If you're living a life that's outside of, outside of righteousness, out, like doing those things that you're not supposed to do, if you're mm. messing around, if you're drinking, I mean, and, but people always associate that with the big things. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't sleep around, but yeah, you have, yeah, you you belittle everybody. Yeah. You're angry all the time. You're impatient. Yep. You're not generous. You're actually a Scrooge. Mm. Like if if like we we automatically label it to the I don't murder anybody. Yeah. Yeah, but you you pretty much just made everybody feel like they wanted to die when they're around you. Like maybe that those are the issues that you need to address in your life. Yeah. Those are the if you're even I, I mean I for me for the longest time like I was very impatient mm. and because I was impatient I was harsh mm. and because I was harsh I wanted kids I wanted my kids and my and everything done fast and quick and it was and it wasn't godly yeah i wasn't i wasn't walking in grace mm. and i wasn't walking in um in just just patience yeah that's one of the fruit of the spirit <laughs> yeah. yeah like that that that's something that's godly and i wasn't walking in that and it and what ended up happening is i kept asking god i said god help me with that mm. and there's a difference you can you can still you can still um with kids like you can still discipline your kids without losing control Mm. that's good and that's something that needs to be because god disciplines his children without Mm. losing control right Mm. and and so it's 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 understanding that and and actually allowing yourself not to go down those roads but allowing the grace of god and and the spirit of god to lead you yeah and then when you walk that way just like david said you can say surely goodness and mercy are going to pursue me they're going to follow me all the days of my life and then I am going to dwell with God every day. Mm, that's good. And and that's that's where you get the blessing. Yeah. 
Um, when you were talking about uh, God's doing things God's way, um, the phrase that came to mind was God's ways, God's blessings, your your ways, your consequences, and really understanding that if you feel like things aren't happening. Um, if things seem like they're falling apart or if they seem like they're not going um, in the right direction, I would encourage you see what God's word says about that particular um, particular situation and get in the lane of God, get in the ways of God, because that's what will bring uh, fruit. That will bring growth and increase. Um, I just want to encourage you to that you're never supposed to decrease. You're never supposed to lose <laughs> and you're never supposed to be sick. So those are things that if you're experiencing those things, that's not what God has for you. And that's not what God's word promises you. The Bible says that um, Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant, John 10, 10. But the enemy came to steal, kill and destroy. So if there's things in your life that are happening that seem like they're being taken from you or they're being stolen from you or they're being destroyed. That's because the enemy has authority because you're not walking according to God's way, but you're trying to do it your own way. Um, and one thing I just want to quickly mention to you that as you were talking in Romans 14, it says anything that you don't do in faith is sin. So we talk about the major sins, um, sleeping around, sexual morality, lying, stealing, all these murder, different thi- murder. <laughs> and we don't recognize that anything we don't do in faith, <laughs> anything we don't do in faith is sin. And so don't look at the major things because the minor things will keep you out of heaven. Mm, but yeah, well, what does the Bible say? It says it's the small foxes that ruin the vineyard. We yep. always look for the big storms in life. Yeah, but it's the small compromises that we make that slowly eat away the root. Yep, that lead to the destruction of what of what's the fruit. Yeah, and so understanding that. And one thing I was thinking as we were talking is that like talking about faith, because mm. I mean Hebrews eleven six is something I quote a lot. Yeah, and that says without faith it's impossible to please God because the first you got to believe that God exists. Yeah. And that he's a rewarder. If you're going to draw near to God, that's why it says you got to believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently pursue him. Yep. And then um, there's another verse in the Old Testament that says the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro, mm. seeking whose heart is completely his. Yeah. So that he might show himself mighty on their behalf. Mm. Like God is looking for that that life that is, that's, that's a life of faith. If you're going to pursue the things yeah. of God, you're going to believe that God exists. Yeah. And who is he? He's the God of the Bible. Yep. And when you get to the Bible, and I, I always go to Deuteronomy when I look at like blessing yeah, and the blessing of following God because he lays it out. yeah, And he says, if you faithfully obey the Lord, your God, and carefully follow all his commands. Now, when Jesus came, mm. a lot of people like were under grace. Yeah. Like the law is done and the law was evil. But the, but the law only increased sin because we were sinners and it showed us how bad we were. The law increased sin because it brought an awareness of it. Yeah. How bad we truly, how many times do we lie? How many times do we do things? Then Jesus comes along and what we think is that he does away with the law. Yep. But he says, I've come to fulfill the law. And he actually takes the law and he makes it even more because he says, now, if you look at someone lustfully, you've committed adultery where? Not with your physical actions, but with your heart. Yeah. So now the law becomes a sin of the heart. Like we, we sin with those things like lustful thoughts like we're not mm-hmm. well I'm not committing adultery I'm not sleeping with him but you are in your heart yeah and so he takes it and he makes it a sin of the heart yeah so we like we think that it, it got easier mm. no actually it made it so that we have to be more aware of and judge our hearts and walk according to God's word but the promises are still there as we walk in faithfulness yeah to it that if we walk in obedience and faithfully um, follow after God and all his commands mm. that the blessing comes in our life yeah 
And like I said before, and this is something that it, it's really practical, but it's hard to understand. It's like this, the sub, the sub, the, what am I trying to say? The, the, the breaking down, yeah. subcategorizing or, or breaking our life into sub subsections, right? To say like, this is who we are here. This is who we are. That messes all that up. Yeah. It messes it all up because like you might, and there's a lot of, that, I mean, ministers, kids mm. who don't walk with God because they saw a dad who preached one thing and responded one thing with the body and then came home and acted a, so, a totally different way yeah. with, with his family. Like how many times do you hear stories like that or yeah. like, like that, that messes up the whole thing because it's, it's not, it's not if I faithfully follow God in my pursuit of a pastor, Yeah, but no, it's if I faithfully, if, if Jason is a person, it's every area of my life. I can't s- separate it. Mm. I can't separate it. The That's things good. I do in the pulpit and the things I do in my home, right? Those both matter. Yeah. There's not one or the other. Yeah. The way I treat my kids, the way I love my kids, the way I per- I, I do uh, the way I um respond to them, mm. that matters when it comes to the blessing of God in our life. Yeah. And and so many times we lose sight of that. And and for us, like with me and my wife, it was really getting that wake up call. Mm. And, and it was God saying, I love your kids mm. and I gave them to you. And one day you're going to have to be like, they're going to, you're going to be accountable for how you did that because God wants them in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And I want them in heaven because yeah. I love them. I, I couldn't imagine eternity without all my kids around me. And, mm. and my, and I'm not just my kids. I'm talking about my grandkids in the future. Cause I like, that's one thing we said, like what we're doing now is we're plowing the way Yeah. so that two generations from now the Klebe's name and is going to be something that is like strong when it comes to people thinking about people of the faith yeah because we're plowing the roads now we're setting the course for them it's good and so but but to um just to the way i treat them now matters to that mm. it's the legacy yeah and and i i think sometimes we don't see that mm. And so that's why, like, a lot of times in our family, if I do something wrong mm-hmm. if, or if I respond the way I shouldn't, I, I, I try to apologize. To yeah, it's good. Because I don't want that relationship to be, set, to be like, well, dad just thinks he's this. Dad is just the boss. Dad is just the dictator. Dad is just this. No, but if I mess up, I want to be able to be the leader to say, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you forgive me? And I've done that with them because, because that's important, too. Yeah. You're not just, you can't be... You can't just be right just because you're the dad. Yeah. And so if if you mess up, then you need to be able to own it and actually lead them in the process of forgiveness. Mm. And so... That's good. And I think that all... For me, when I look at like the Word of God and it's looking at like following the things of God, mm. then it, it, all, it also goes to that. Yeah. Because it's more than, like you said, it's more than just, I didn't sleep around, I didn't murder anybody. Mm. It's, it's actually... Um, did you do the things God called you to do with your family? That's good. Because you can't express the, expect the blessing of God mm. in your family and in your marriage if you're not doing the things God called you to do to walk faithfully in obedience to it. Yeah. And that, that becomes an issue for some mm. because they just don't realize that they're not doing it. Yeah. They, and, and I just I want to tap into something too with uh, being the same in the pulpit and in the family. One thing the Bible says is that um, the secret things will be made revealed. And so it will eventually come out. Yeah. How you treat your family behind closed doors may not happen. And this is any sin. And this is anything um, that people may think they're getting away with. But with God, he's very um, patient 
and he's very gracious, but also sometimes we need to be exposed to be healed. Yeah. And so there have been even ministers that had gone on with secret lives for years. And then all of a sudden they just were exposed. And, and I want to tap into this because guard what you do in secret because it will come out one day. Mm. And so it may not come out today or tomorrow, but six months, a year, years down the road and understand that you're living a life for the next generation. And you talked about, um, you know, plowing the way for your kids and your grandkids. And I really believe those that are even uh, partnering with this ministry and those that are going to be watching this podcast, you need to understand that the next generation is watching you, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. I have the opportunity to, uh, in this season of my life, work with kids with autism. And um, I, I was in a season where I was a youth pastor and I didn't realize how critically um, every action and word that I did, they begin to imitate. Whether you want it or not, kids are impressionable. And if you feel like you're, you're kind of wondering if you're making a difference, whether you realize it or not, you're making an impact, good or bad. And so watch what you do in secret, but also be intentional what you do in front of kids and young adults, because one day they're going to be adults. One day they're going to be the leaders. So whether you see yourself as a leader or not, if you're a parent, if you're um, in ministry and you're in charge of the cleaning ministry, it doesn't matter the position. What matters is who is watching you. Yeah. And paying attention to that. Oh, yeah. And it, what does the Bible say? It says, do everything as unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. Yeah. Like, like I'm not, I'm a steward of the things of God. I'm, yeah. not, a, I'm not accountable to man per se. I'm yeah. accountable to the Lord. Yeah. In all I do. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's a, that's good. That's good to, to remember that. Um, yeah. There was a book that Dr. Howell yeah. had us read. <laughs> and it's up, up there. It's like, practice the presence of God. And yeah. It's about Brother Lawrence Brother and how Lawrence. he would sweep and do everything. Yeah. And he, and. It was, yeah. But. Amen. Well, I'd love to, uh, you know, wrap up with an invitation. Um, I don't know how long we've been going, but. There's a shorter one. It's short. How long? <laughs> what time is it? It's only 47. That's not too bad. I have but, uh, 10 minutes we of can, that is me telling my kids yeah, to get away. We could keep Because uh, <laughs> they kept coming in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but with that, um, not, not the invitation thing, but uh, I was going to say something. Oh, I wanted to know yeah. at this point. How many women uh-huh. actually continued watching or listening after we said that it was two dudes? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> did anybody make it this far into the podcast? And if you did, uh, like, comment because I want to know. Yeah, it, it'll probably be just be like, I'm assuming Lexi would be the only one because she wants to see what you say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, well, what did they say about me? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm assuming that no, no other woman <laughs> got to this point. So yeah. if you're a dude, yeah, <laughs> thank you for taking this journey with thank us. Thank you for joining us. But um. Yeah. We, we we started with the faith aspect. Yeah. And um and you were you were talking about this this transition of faith. Mm. Um and it's one that we we've been talking about because it was one that we've experienced with our family with even this, this move that we did. Yeah. It was a move of faith to come down to where we felt God was calling us to do ministry. Yeah. Um and and all the things that went into that and mm. how it, how faith God was on a God is so gracious. Yeah. Like I said before, like I had to learn patience. Yeah. But God is an extremely patient God. Mm. Because the whole process he took me to get me on this journey of faith to believing mm. um, that he is the God who says 
who says who he says he is. Yeah. Like what he says he's going to do, he does. And he leads and he guides. So when God says that he's Jehovah Jireh, mm. God brought me on this faith journey to get to the point where I, I know him as that. Yeah. And, and when we were talking before, we were talking about faith, and, and that was part of Abraham's story. Yeah. Abraham went up on the mountain with Isaac mm. in faith. Yeah. And it was on that mountaintop mm. that God provided the ram yeah. in the thicket. And that's where Abraham said, God is Jehovah Jireh. That's yeah. where he got that name, the God of provision. And it came through the experience of faith. Yeah. So um, in James, right, it says, faith without works is dead. Yeah. Because... Because if Abraham would have said, God, I believe you, who you say you are, and then he never acted on who God said he was, yeah. he would never have gone up that mountain. He never would have told his his uh, companions, his servants, that they were going to come back down. Yeah. Right? He tells them, he says, me and the boy, we're going to go up there and we're going to worship the Lord, mm. and then we're both coming back. Yeah. He yeah. never would have declared that in faith. Yeah. And he never would have brought Isaac up. And actually, can you imagine Isaac? Isaac's learning this lesson of yeah. faith. Yeah. As they're going up the mountain, and, and Isaac says, hey, uh, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, don't worry, God will provide. He yeah. says that to him. Yeah. And then he ties him up, and he gets him on the altar, and he raises the, the knife to, to kill him. Yeah. And then it's in that moment yeah. that God provides. For a lot of us, that's too late. Mm. Yeah. We get up to the mountain. Maybe we start building the altar. Maybe we don't even make it to the mountain. Yeah, and we like, stop. Uh, we stop. Yeah. But in that moment, God reveals that he is... Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. And then that's what that's what that's what Abraham calls him from that. He says, You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. Yeah. And that's an amazing thing. Or like even with the like with healing mm. and with the the um like like we believe a lot of times we believe God heals, but we never create the space yeah. to see it. Yeah. Like uh, how many churches mm. during the great pandemic said, Don't come to church. Yeah. Don't get us sick. Don't get us sick. Yeah. Which is, and if you listen to this, I'm sorry to offend you, but it's the word of God. He says, if anyone is sick, let him come to the elders of the church. Yeah. And our elders of the church are saying, stay away from us. You're going to kill us. Yeah. Like they don't believe that God's Jehovah Rapha, yeah. the God who heals. Mm. But that, but, but when you experience it and you encounter it, yeah. Then, it, like I, I remember when this really clicked for me. I was sitting at my dinner table mm. on a Sunday morning before church, and I was reading my Bible. Yeah. And I heard God whisper. He said. He said, Jason, I have a name. Yeah. And I stopped what I was reading. Mm. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Your name is your actions. Yeah. People call you what you do. Yeah. You are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. You are Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. You are Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, our banner, which is the Lord, our refuge, our strong tower, our defense. You are all those things. And we call you those things because it's what you do. Yeah. And, and in that moment, it, it, when you know who God is, it, it allows you to operate in faith a whole, at a whole nother level. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not going into it. Like when you, we said this in, in Hebrews, right? You, mm. you started talking about this. Um, maybe this is like two different shows or episodes <laughs> or whatever, but it, it, we started with faith. And I want to circle back to that. When, in Hebrews, when you said, uh, now faith, well, in the way I memorized it, is that faith is the reality. Yeah, yeah. It's the reality. Mm. And I, whenever I think of the of reality, I always go to like the philosopher or the matrix. Yeah. Everybody loves the movie The Matrix. Yeah. The reality by which we live. Yeah. Is is our faith. Mm. And so like in the matrix, right, they're all plugged into that machine and they're living in a reality that they that is fake. Yeah. 
it's synth- it's not real. It's 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 a it's like a living in a virtual reality. It's a game. Yeah. Like it's like playing Call of Duty and thinking that you're actually in the game, mm. and then you go to war in real real life, and you realize it's completely different. Yeah. Those bullets aren't fake, and you don't get to you don't get to come back into the game after a three second cooldown. Yeah. Right. It's re- it's the reality by which we live, mm. and so many times we live according to like that matrix reality. Everything's based on the physical world. Yeah. Everything's based on the physical things that we see, mm. the things we touch, the things we experience, like. All, all of it's on that, and we don't ever give anything to God yeah. in, in consideration. Mm. But faith is the reality by which we live, mm. right? Um, and so, like, when we know who God is, mm. we, can, we can go to those situations in our life, yeah. and we can live a different way. Like, so, when I go to philosophy, like I said, I, I like to re- think about, like, I think it's Plato's Allegory of the Cave. Have you ever heard of that one? Yeah, yep. Where the three dudes are chained up in a cave and there's a fire behind them and like these images pass between the fire and them and it causes these shadows, kind of like your shadow on the wall. Like Mm. if I go like, you can't see it, but we can. (laughs) We have like, the way the lighting is, we have like shadows behind us, but they're just perfect so you can't see them. Um, (laughs) Except for right here. Uh, Other side, right here. But anyways, uh, I don't know why I just did it, but those things pass before them and they think they're real. Yeah. They said, this is real. And then the, the one guy somehow gets free from his chains and he goes outside of the cave and he sees the world for what it is. Yeah, it's good. And he sees it. He sees everything. He's like, this is the, this is reality. Mm. Everything that God has created, everything that God is doing, everything that God has for the believer is the reality by which we live. Yeah. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. Right. He has not changed. And the things that he promises in his word, like Romans does a really good job of this. It tells us that our, our covenant blessing goes back to Abraham. Yeah. Yep. He says, Abraham is your father. Mm-hmm. He's the father of, uh, of our righteous in faith. Yeah. He's our father. He's mm-hmm. the father of the faith. And so our blessing and our covenant, it, it goes, that promise goes all the way back to him. Yeah. We've been grafted into that. Mm. And so that the faith aspect really touches in our lives when we start living according to that. Yeah. When we realize that like, when we follow God's word, there is, we can expect a blessing because God's a rewarder of those who pursue him. Yeah. That's what it says. And your reward is just not in heaven. Yeah. It's not when I die, I'll get all the blessings of God. Because Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, he has blessed us yeah. with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ Jesus. Yeah. We yeah. got that now. Yep. And the faith aspect is to live it and believe it. Yeah. It's to walk in, in that aspect of it. It's to say like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when things aren't going our way mm-hmm. and it looks like it's all, all it's just the doom and gloom and we're going to die and destruction before us, yeah. it, it looks like saying our God is able to save us and our God will save us because he's the God who delivers. Yeah. That's the faith. That's believing in the God of the Bible mm-hmm. and then pursuing him. And as you pursue him, he rewards you. Yeah. And that's an like that's a key aspect of faith. Yeah, the rewarding part. Mm. So like even with Abraham, going up the mountain was the faith. The reward was that he he experienced the God called Jehovah Jireh. Yeah, the God who provides. That's 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 the difference between faith and action, and just the 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 typical faith. Sorry, faith in words. Faith yeah. in words. Like like I believe God, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, with faith too is there's evidence. Yeah. And and. When you believe in the God of the Bible, when you believe in Jesus Christ, there are things that you can physically see and experience and encounter. It's not a religion of do's and don'ts. When you follow Jesus, there is a um, physical thing that happens. And so 
Um, I mean, I have testimony after testimony. We'll we'll talk about healing really quickly. Yeah. Um, when I was when I was uh, 11 years old, I fractured my hip. Um, I was playing baseball and I was swinging a baseball bat, and a piece of my hip came off. Um, and wow, within, that's fragile. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and within and within <laughs> a month time period, Were I was 90? walking. Yeah, I was like 11. I oh. was walking off crutches. And just a year later, you'd be looking for a wife. And just a year. <laughs> Sorry. So, so with these things, when you talk about experiencing God, it's a an accelerated process. Yeah. Um, because with my hip, it was within about a month's time period. No physical therapy, no pain medications. God did a miracle. Okay. So God. get this. So faith, when you act on faith, actually um, is the is the is it accelerates you into what God has for you. That's it. So That's it, yeah. so when um so when David is on the battlefield with Goliath. Yeah. And he says, and and all this is the crazy thing. We think of it as just the, the Sunday school story. Mm-hmm. There are thousands of men behind him, yeah, battle ready Israelites, yeah, who are standing there cowering, yeah. And when David steps on the battlefield, he doesn't say, "I'm going to kill you." He says, "He says you come at me with sticks and stones or whatever. They, yeah, sticks and stones may break my bones or whatever, and words will yeah. never hurt me." But he says, "I come at you in the name of the Lord." Yeah. You come at me with all these physical weapons, but I come at you in the faith and the reality that my God is my deliverer, yeah. and you're not going to stand. Yeah. And when you and that was the stepping stone or the doorway that launched him into that kingship, which was the calling that God had in his life. Yeah. And you think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Yeah. Before the fire, they're nobody. Yep. They're, I mean, they're they're in the king's palace, but they but they don't have any kind of power per se. Yeah, no over, influence. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they don't bow to they don't bow to the idol. Yeah. In fact, uh, they get thrown in the fire, mm-hmm. which is at that point you're like, well, I guess it didn't work out for them. But that's where they encounter the God yeah. who delivers. Yeah. And then what happens to them is that they become the leaders over regions. Yeah. And what and a lot of people believe when it comes to the birth of Jesus, where did those magi come from? Yeah. How did they know about a Messiah being born other than the fact that there were Israel boys who did not bow but believed in God and that influenced the culture of the Babylonian, the Assyrian Empire, so that at the time of Jesus, there's people who are proselyte Jews who believe and are coming to see this promised Messiah because the gospel is going forth. It all has an effect and it all was launched because they stepped out in faith. Yeah. Daniel's the same way. Yeah. Right? He wouldn't, he wouldn't bow. Mm. In fact, he I love Daniel because he's like a he's like a, a rebel. Yeah. He says, not only am I not gonna bow, he's like, I'm gonna open my windows, I'm gonna face mm-hmm. Jerusalem, like like it says when 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 Solomon's blessing the temple, he says, and when they pray facing this city, mm. you're gonna hear them. He does that, he responds to God's word, he faces the city and he prays extra loud. That's good. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is the people that were meant to kill him end up by the ones being killed by the same means that they were gonna try to kill him with. Yeah. That's the cross of Jesus Christ on display right there. What was meant to kill Jesus yeah. ended up breaking the curse of Satan and sin over over the lives and it became the detriment of them. That's good. And so it, like what God can do when we step out in faith and when we walk in obedience, it launches us yeah. to that area where he's calling us. Yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure, just this is being a person, mm. that when there's a fire in front of you, mm. I'm pretty sure that there, there's the reality of this is a physical reality. Yeah. But then what they did, they did something that we are called to do is to tap into the spiritual reality by which we walk by the Spirit. Yeah. We talk by the Spirit. Yep. We live by the Spirit. Yep. And we do acts according to the gifts of the Spirit, like the healing, the, yeah. the prophecy. Those are the things that we are called to act on. Mm-hmm. And and so reality might look something, 
Yeah. But then there's the God, as you said, he calls things that are not as if they are. Yeah, Romans 4, 17. There you go. He yeah. calls things that are not as if they are, and he's calling us to act that way. Yeah. That there's a God who, like with in Romans, it says that Abraham, it says that Isaac was as good as dead because in Abraham's mind, he thought, he thought Isaac was going to raise from the dead. Yeah, yeah. But God had a different plan. And, and ending that verse, it says, God caused the dead things to life. And I feel like there's a lot of people in this generation and even before where they, especially this during this COVID season and things began to diminish. And, and if you say COVID, we get flagged. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm just <laughs> if we put it in the title, <laughs> we get flagged. I know that we did. During, did you really? Yes. During this season, it seems like everything is diminishing and decreasing and dying. But when you serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I want to be very um, clear about this because he's a God of covenant and he's a God Amen. of generations. Amen. And so I really, I really want to specify the power of God because I've seen God's faithfulness to such a capacity that again, he's taking a, a young guy, a, a, a newly couple, and he's bringing us to places that is impossible in the natural, but God wants to give you such impact and influence that if you're willing to surrender and submit to the ways of God, for the glory of God, for the timing of God, just like those three boys, the, the reason those three boys were on display is so that God can receive the glory. Yeah. The whole nation, even the king, says anybody that doesn't worship this God is going to be penalized. Yeah. So if you're going through a situation and you feel like you're going through fire and if you feel like you're going through pressing, is because when God puts you on display, the generations and the nations will know that it's the God who saves, the amen. God who delivers, and the God who receives the glory. Yes, amen. And, that, yeah. and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Amen. And uh, you want to know something when you were saying that the generations, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I think one of the most amazing stories of faith in God yeah. is when Isaac sows in the midst of a famine. Yeah. And uh, and the reality of that, that's a terrible time to start planting a garden when yeah. there's no rain. Genesis 25. And you're yeah. stuck and you're in the Middle East. Yeah. Like, that's probably not a good time to yeah. start planting a garden. But it says this, that he, Abraham sowed. Uh, Isaac sowed. Yeah. Isaac sowed, and he reaped a hundredfold. Yeah. He didn't lose a single seed. Yeah. He gained. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the reality of the faith that he had. The physical reality, just so you know, said one thing. Yeah. In fact, all, uh, the the king there was like, "What the heck? Yeah. How did he do that? Yeah. But the physical reality says one thing. Yeah. But when you operate in faith, you're yeah. not you're not focusing on the physical. And this is cool too. Uh, there's a story in the Smith Wigglesworth book I'm reading, and he talks about this. Yeah. He said that there was a, a man whose wife was dying, and this man was his pastor. Yeah. This man was dear to him, and he spoke into his life. Yeah. And he had a big influence on him, and his wife was dying. Mm. But but Smith was said believed that healing was their portion. Yeah. And so he, he said, why don't you pray for your wife? And, the, and this pastor was so discouraged by mm -hmm. what he saw. She was withering away. She was like on her last like, um, leg. Like she was about to die. Yeah. And so he's like, well, I want to come and pray. Mm. But I want to take somebody with me who prays. Yeah. And yeah. so he wrote to one guy and the guy's like, nah, I'm not going to go with you. It's a little too much for me. And so he writes to another guy. He's like, I know you pray about four hours a day. Yeah. Will you come and pray? And the guy's like, yeah, I'll go. And so they go to the house, and this is in his uh, Greater Works book, so it's pretty much just like he's journaling it. He's yeah. telling the story. Yeah. And, uh, and so he, he gets there, and he's like, he looks to the guy that prays, and he says, you pray first, pray faith. Yeah. 
And the guy starts praying, and he's, it's a depressing prayer. Like, Lord God, help this man to be a good widower oh and be my. able to take care of these orphan, these, these, well, he said like motherless children, but he used yeah. like an orphan term to it. And, uh, and that's what he prays, just defeat. Yeah. And then, and he's like, uh, and, and in the book, it literally says, I wanted to just tell this man to stop praying. Yeah. That's what he's feeling in his spirit. Just shut up. You're not helping the cause. You're yeah. actually ruining people's faith. Yeah. And uh, Lester Summerall told a story about this of a lady who had like a, like a, like her, her chest was rotten. Yeah. Like rotting away. Yeah. And the woman, the woman she's from Africa and yeah. she shows it to him and he goes, woman, put that away. You're, 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 you're ruining my, my faith. faith. <laughs> yeah. And then he prayed and she came back and it was healed. But, uh, but he's like, put that away. You're ruining my faith. And so, but, but in the story, so he, back to Smith, he, he tells, he talks, looks at the husband, he says, okay, you pray for her. Yeah. He, like pray, pray faith. Yeah. yeah. And he says, oh God, help me with my kids when they don't have a mother. Oh, and my he starts goodness. going through it and he's like, and he's like, he's literally writing in there. It's like, I couldn't wait for them to shut up. Yeah. Like I couldn't take it anymore. My spirit was just like, ah. Yeah. And he said, he, 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 he turned and he looked and he closed his eyes and he said, he saw Jesus smiling. Yeah. And he said, faith was looking at Jesus over the woman. Yeah. Don't look at the problem. Yeah. Don't look at the woman who's withering away. Look to Jesus yeah. for, for your answer. Look to Jesus for your faith. Don't look at the fire. Yeah. Look to Jesus who's in the fire. Yeah. Who's going to make it so it doesn't quench you. Yeah. Don't look at the water. Yeah. Look at the God who parts the water. Yeah. And watch what he does in your life. That's the faith aspect. And he looked, he had his eyes closed and he saw Jesus smiling. Yeah. And he said, he said, if you don't know what else to pray, just say Jesus because there's power in the name of Jesus. And he had all three of them say, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, because yeah. their prayers were not prayers of faith; they were terrible. Yeah, he said. He said. He said. Just pray, Jesus, and he told them to do that. Yeah, and they did that. And he said, "I thank you, Jesus, for your healing power. Wow, and for the power that's in the name of Jesus." And yeah. she got better. Yeah, in that moment, it wasn't like a week later. Yeah, she sat up in that moment. She was fully restored. Yeah, that's what faith is. It's looking beyond the situation. Yeah, to God. Yeah, and and things happen quickly. And I really want to point that out because many people pray for years for God to do something, but they never actually pray in faith and they never pray according to the word. So they never see the manifestation of God's promises because not, I don't want to say you're doing it wrong, but in that instant you do it in, in complete faith that God yeah. has it, it's done. Yeah. It's well, done. well the, you think about that. Hebrews 11, the faith chapter, right? Yeah. And then we have, talk about faith being the reality. Without faith, it's impossible. Please, God. Then you have yeah. all these stories of faith, women receiving their sons back. And, and he just goes through this whole thing. Noah, yeah. uh, Abraham, taps in on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there. And then the very next chapter, chapter 12, it doesn't, the, the, it doesn't stop there. Yeah. Right? He says, he says um, now fixing our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Right, that's what that story was that I just shared. Like it was, it was fixing our eyes on Jesus, not on the situations, yeah. not on the problems around us, yeah. not on all the things that are happening in this world, but fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author. He's yeah. the beginning. He's the reason why we have faith. That's good. And he's also the perfecter. That's good of our faith. And yeah. so that's that. That's that reality of walking. Yeah. In that. In that. In that faith and keeping our eyes on Jesus, not looking. So when you're going to pray for somebody, mm. don't look at the situation. Yeah. Look to Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Yeah. When you're looking at, at situations in your life, look to the, look to the Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Yeah. Look at the look at the promises of God and then claim them and stand on them. Yeah. In fact, I I love this in Isaiah when he tells the people he says, "Remind me of my promises." Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. If, do you think God forgets? 
God, God forgets who he is. <laughs> hey, what did I say? Yeah. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Now I can actually do it for you. No, it's, yeah. it's for us. Yeah. Because when we start reminding him of his, his promises, I don't know what that turns into. That turns into praise. Yeah. And an expectation that he's going to do the same thing that he did in the past today. Yeah. He does not change. Yeah. And that's, that, that's a good word to hold on to. Lord, you don't change. Yeah. You said that you're the same yesterday, today, and, for, and forever. Yeah. So if you can raise a, a, a widow's son from the dead, yeah. you can certainly cure this in my life. Yeah. If, if you can provide a ram yeah. for Abraham when he's about to kill Isaac and he calls you Jehovah Jireh, then you can provide for my need here as I faithfully, this is the key, faithfully follow you. That's good. Faithfully follow you. Because there was obedience that took him to get to those points, right? Yeah. So for Abraham, he had to obey God to go sacrifice Isaac. Yep. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had to obey the commandment that there shall be no other God and they yeah. will worship no other God before him. Yep. And, uh, and so it's understanding that, that there's an aspect of faith mm. where we actually go and yeah. do the things that he's called us to do. Yeah. And so... Faith moves. Um, and one thing that even even for uh, Lexi and I in this season, the the Lord has really put it on my heart is if you have heaven's agenda, you have heaven's resources. Yeah. And so the Bible says, seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and all be added unto you. And so I'm quoting these things because if you don't regularly meditate and think on and and walk by your words because your words will determine the direction your life goes yeah and so this podcast the reason we started was because we really wanted to stir the faith of those that are raising a revival generation we wanted to stir the faith of those parents that feel defeated that they can't get their kids on the right track or they feel like they can't do anything right well let me encourage you you can't do it in your own strength Amen. but as you look at jesus you just said it. He is the one who's perfecting you. And what, what I was really begin to meditate these past couple of weeks, especially being young in ministry, um, one thing that the enemy tried to convince me, you're young, you can't do this yet. But the Bible says faith is now. And so when you have some, when you have a dream in your heart, the dream is meant to begin to manifest now. It's a seed. So you can't expect this huge explosive thing right away if you don't take the first step. Yeah. And so when you begin to take that first step and things begin to unfold and God begins to bless and God begins to build, that's where faith, it has a momentum. Yeah. And so with that scripture, when you look at Jesus, all we have to do is look at Jesus. He doesn't say you have to do A, B, C, D. Hmm. And that's why even when you go back to the law of Jesus fulfilling the law, it says, love your neighbor as yourself and love the Lord your God. The two things. It says these two things. And, and what that really brings us to understand is God recognizes how much we can't do in our own strength. But if you do this one thing, look at me. All else falls into place. Yeah, and and so back to what you said, like uh, just when you were talking about this podcast, um, and like if you feel like you're lost or you can't do it, is that the whole ask, the, the thing that we always say is like if you're gonna the raising the revival generation thing, mm -hmm. it revival starts yeah with you yeah. Like you can't give out of some place you haven't gone. I love talking about faith, just so you know, because it stirs up my faith, yeah. and I start believing. Like that's why, that's why I think it's so crucial. Like if you're gonna do like a healing service or anything, like you preach faith. Yeah, you get people to a point where they they're like, yeah, God can do anything. Yeah, and then you yeah. start because when faith is activated, because God responds to faith over fear. Yeah, yeah. God, God always responds to faith. It's faith that moves God. Yeah. Um, but like to, to understand that if. That revival starts with us. Yeah. You can't give what you don't have. Yeah. And you can't bring people to a place you've never been. Yeah. 
And so as 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 if you're here, if you're listening, you're a parent, or you're a few, you want to be a future parent, or it doesn't matter where you are. Not you have friends in your life that you want to see come to God, or you just want to be used by God. Yeah. It takes surrendering your life to God and allowing God to speak to you. Yeah, allowing God to do things in your life, mm. allowing God to start to start shaping your life before you can actually expect other people to do that. Yeah. So. If you ever notice in those verses, it says, without faith, it's impossible It's impossible to please God. It's talking about the personal. Yeah. It's yeah. not talking about like you pointing out everybody else's problems. It's like, look at your life. Yeah. And do you believe what God says in his word? And then the second part is, if you believe, are you walking in it? Yeah. Are you yeah. walking according to his word? Mm. Are you walking according to his promises? Yeah. Now, here's the sad thing. If you don't read his word, you don't know his promises. And yeah. the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Yeah. If you don't know what God has for you, if you don't know the promises of God, the plans of God, who God is according to his word, then you can't walk in those things. But praise be to God, everything that he has written in here, we can read. God picked the most basic form of communication. It's written. The written word that can be passed on from generation to generation. We open this up and it actually says that this is spiritual because the spirit of God carried along the prophets to write down everything that's in here. God reveals himself through his word. And if you don't know God's plan, guess what? Open it up and read it. The only reason why we can say the things we say about God is because God has revealed it in his word and in through the experiences that we've had. Like you said, at 11 years old and being healed of the hip issue or, or like i mean we'd share stories of testimonies all the time i was i was teaching on um, the gifts of the spirit yeah and i was talking about how how if you don't know that they're available mm. uh and they're there like you're just gonna you're gonna skip over them and there's a huge movement just so you know that that is trying to push those out of the picture yeah they're like the, oh those are for the old old times yeah. that, that's for the, that was for the apostles but the apostles needed it to show that they had power and authority from god so that people would accept that they wrote what they wrote was of God. Yeah. But that's not what the Bible says. Right. Because then you got you got you got Stephen. Yeah. Who's who's serving bread, doing miraculous things. You got yeah. Philip the evangelist who was serving bread and then all of a sudden people are getting filled with the Holy Spirit and this healing's happening. Mm. And then you got the early church where there's just miracle after miracle after miracle. We try to get that out of the picture, but that's there and it's accessible to us who believe today. And if we don't know it, we're not gonna operate in it. What does the Bible even says? These signs shall follow oh, yeah. those that believe. Yeah. So you f- you fall into that category not because you're a pastor, a minister, or any of those things. You believe. What is believing? Faith. Yeah, exactly. And recognizing I can do this today because when God moves, again, it's not just for you. Yeah. It's for the collective community that God is bringing back. Amen. To. Amen. And that and you're right because like when we started teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, that's what He's writing to the church. Yeah. He says, this is written for the good of the, of the, of the believers. Yeah. That's why some have the gift of prophecy. Yep. It's for the good of the body. It's for everybody. Yeah. It's not just for the one person. That's why some people have the gift of healing. Yep. It's not so that they're just healing themselves. It's for the body. It's, yeah. it's meant for everybody. Yeah. And so that, that's, a, that's a key part of it is understanding. In our own lives, yeah. our faith is not just for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Our faith is not just for ourselves. Yeah. David went against Goliath and it brought deliverance to a nation. Yeah. Yep. Right, And the faith of Abraham was passed on to Isaac. That's why he could sow in a famine and expect God yeah. to, to make it grow. Yeah. And that's, that's the faith that's generational. That's yeah. the faith that passes on. That's the faith that, that delivers other people around you. When you have the faith to stand and, and slay the giant, then the army comes behind you and starts taking out the rest because yeah. you had the faith to, to be the first one to throw the stone. Yep. And so that's, that's key. And in your family, yeah. right? It, it's the faith that you have. <clears throat> 
that spills over. Now I I'm I'm expecting because I, I we live by faith and we take our kids along the journey. Yeah. Right. We tell them. Mm-hmm. We tell them what we're gonna do. We we when God provides supernaturally, we tell them. Yeah. So that they can celebrate and look and say God is Jehovah Jireh. Like we want to instill in them faith. And I'm ex- this is what's cool. Like the generational faith stuff mm-hmm. is that it gets better. Yeah. It yeah. gets easier. Yep. My kids aren't going to have the same battles I had that, or the plow, have to replow the ground that I plowed for them mm-hmm. because they're standing on my shoulders. Yeah. They're going to go higher and they're going to go farther. Yeah. And that's what I want for them yeah. because I want my faith to be a generational faith and it gets better and sweeter because they're going to know God. And I just think about this, like when they turn 20 and they and they start doing the things that well, 20 when whenever Adeline yeah. does worship now yeah she does the thing that God's given her the gift to to call and it's anointed yeah when they start flowing in that they're only going to grow yeah and it's only going to get sweeter and sweeter and what does it say the light of the righteous gets brighter and brighter yeah that's what's going to happen in their life and they're going to be they're already blinding people with the light that they have now Amen. imagine as they continue to get closer and closer to God mm. um, I always say this in my own life and and if I would have known like what I have now and what was at stake with my family, with my ministry, with the calling, with everything that God has blessed my life with, I would have fought a lot harder a lot sooner. Yeah. I would have fought a lot, hard, a lot a harder a lot sooner to obtain what all that God had for me because the, 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 the light of the righteous gets brighter and brighter and we go from glory to glory. Amen. And I wouldn't have wasted those so many years doing so many stupid things. <laughs> mm. but, but I've tasted, and God's good, and I've mm. tasted and I've seen. And, and the foundation that you build, you, you're newly married. Mm. The foundation you build and those people who are listening now, like that's the good thing. Today is the day of salvation. Yeah. Today is the day where you can hit the control all delete button yeah. and say, God, I'm done with the garbage that I've been doing. I'm done trying to do it my own way. I'm done trying to, to just make a, a way where I'm always right or whatever it is that you struggle with. And you're like, Today is the day we can put on the brakes and say, God, I, your grace is what I need in my life yeah. in order to accomplish the task that you've called me to do. And your grace is sufficient. That's, that's the thing that God taught he said, my grace is sufficient. Yeah. It is everything you need. You don't need anything more than the grace of God in your life to complete the things that God has called you to do. Amen. And so it, being new in marriage and, and that, like, th- like there's foundations that you start setting now yeah. for your kids. Yeah. My kids, I mean, this is, when my wife's in the room, mm. I kiss her all the time in front of them and they, they go, ooh. <laughs> But I also try to treat it with respect because I want my daughters to know yeah. how a man treats a woman. It's good. I don't want them to be like wondering or if a man starts yelling at them just to accept it. Yeah. Because I don't want to have to kill the man and go to jail. Yeah. But if I have to do, I got to do what I got to do, you know? Mm. But so if you're listening to this and you want to marry my kids, let that be a warning. <laughs> yeah. Like I got to do what I got to do. Uh, but but I want to yeah. I want to display for them. Yeah, it's good. The way a woman should be treated. Mm. And the way you provide, yeah. and the way you the way you love, and the way you talk to them, yeah. and I and the same thing with um, I had a phone call with a good friend Mike Nelson, and he was he he was here the week that you were here two weeks ago, and he was like he was like I'm amazed how you just sat there with all that chaos and you just were writing your sermon, yeah. And I, t- I said, Mike, sometimes that's, sometimes, sometimes that's on purpose. Like yeah. I wake up before them and I pray and I read in the word of God. But then I make a special moment where I stop and I allow them to be doing the things they do yeah. while I'm seeking God so that they can see. That's good. That it's a priority for me. Yeah. And that, that, that it's an example for them. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is what I found is the other day I went to, to my daughter Adeline 
And um, I said, Adeline, are you reading the Bible? She says, oh, yeah. She says, I read it every morning. She's like, I wake up before I come out of my room. I'm reading God's word. And she told me what she read. And I was like, praise God. I don't have to lecture her. Yeah. I don't have to like be like, get in the word. Or, like, or I don't have to do those things. She just sees the value of it. Yeah. And that's the beauty of faith that, you, that is passed on to your kids. Yeah. Is because the relationship that she has with God is not my relationship. Yeah. At, 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 um, at 14 years old, she has her own relationship with God and God speaks to her. Yeah. And she sees the value of having that relationship and spending time with God mm. and not something I have to mandate. Yeah. And so. And, and living, that, <clears throat> living that life of faith, um, things are already shown and evident before you say anything. And I remember, uh, it was funny that you just brought up um, your daughters. And I remember the first time uh, I was talking, me and Lexi were beginning to date. And you said to me, um, you guys are a representation for the younger children. And I just want to really be clear for those that are watching this, that you are a representation to, again, those who are watching, um, whether they're your, their younger siblings, they're uh, younger people in your church, because people are going to catch things, whether you realize it or not. And the other thing I want to say, too, is when you said you modeled for your children, um, what does it look like to seek God in the middle of chaos? Um, if you weren't there, that's still teaching them. And I want to really pinpoint this because whatever decision you make is still a lesson to your children. So if you aren't there sitting in the middle of the chaos, that's still teaching them. And I really want to pinpoint that because no matter, again, your life matters, your words matter, what you do matters, and you have to be intentional. You have to be focused. Yep. Go ahead. No, I no, I yeah, I never saw it that way. Like if if you choose to be absent, yeah, it's teaching them just the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> or or like if you choose to watch TV. Yeah. Or you choose PlayStation. Or yeah. you choose all those things. It, it you're right. It teaches them. It's teaching them something. Yeah. And I never actually I, that was really good. Every decision you make. Yeah. You're making a choice to teach somebody something. Yep. And one thing that. And I want to talk to the ministers or, or people that are going into ministry with this is if you put ministry or other things before your family, Oof. they're going to catch it yes, and they're they going to feel it and they're going to they're going to do what they're modeled. Yes. And so I just find it so important that the reason I'm in the position that I'm in is because I have great parents. I have a great family that my dad, who owned a business, I never once saw struggling. I never once saw my parents fighting. Uh, of course, you know, there were there little things here and there. That's that's human nature. But they always made it a point to be present. I'm going to say this, and this is faith, actually. Be present. Yeah. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you feel like you're giving something or not, you being available and present, and that's who God uses. Yeah. Well, those who just are available go ahead well just going back to then the parenting aspect we covered this in a podcast episode where we talked about training a child in the way that they should go yeah what does training look like yeah 
Training is being present and showing them. Yeah. It's like when I when you go to on the job training, yeah. they don't just stick you in front of a machine that can kill you and say, Oh, push the buttons, good luck. Hope you got it. Hope you got it, yeah. <laughs> like or like when you're gonna drive a, a, a Mack truck. Yeah. They don't just put you on the seat and say, Hey, good luck. Yeah. And then then walk away. No, there's training that goes into it so that you can know how to do the things that you're called to do and how to live a certain way. But training takes not just correction. Yeah. Because if you're at the point where you're just correcting everything, you miss the training. Yeah. Because training is what tells them what they should do, how they should respond. Now there's gonna they're kids, so there's gonna be some correction. Yeah. But when you train a child in the way they should go, you're actively present. You're. It's like when you. T- I think about the older days when they would take the kids into the field or to yeah. the workforce to show them what to do to to provide for their family and how to be a like. That's what it is. Yeah. If you're a man, mm. it says in Titus, old men. Teach the younger, the younger one. Men. That's yeah. the training. Yeah. That's what you're doing. You're you're saying this is how you this is how you be a man of God. Yeah. This is how you love your wife. Yeah. This is how you provide for your family. This is how you seek God. Yeah. And this is how you walk in faithfulness and obedience to his word. Yeah. Like that's the training that we're called to do. It's not just like like so many times, like we get the behavior modification so well. Yeah. But we don't get the training aspect. Yeah. And if you go to schools, and, and I've gotten a chance to go into a lot of public schools and do some ministry stuff, that y- you see that when the family is broken down, and, and statistics say this too. Yeah. Oprah did a case on this, and the Huffington Post, these liberal media sources were saying like when men are out of the home, yeah. it's detrimental yeah. to the way that a woman, that the girls see their value because they don't have a father to instill to, and the way that a man treats a woman yeah. because they don't have that. But when you're present and you're active and you're doing those things, yeah. then it, it, it gives them the example, mm. especially if you're doing them right, just yeah. so you know. But even if you're bad, then your kids still have a better chance, so there's still hope. Yeah. But it, if you're doing it right according to God's way, it instills in them. Yeah. And you're training them that way. Yeah. And so so that being present, like, what did Jesus do with the disciples? Yeah. He They were with him. Yeah. They were with him when he's doing ministry. Yeah. When he's when he's when he's healing the blind. Mm. When they're bringing all the demonized people. Yeah. He's they're coming. They, he's they're right there. And when he's when when he's in the um on the mount of transfigure transfiguration right. Yeah. There's John. There's James. And there's Peter. Yeah. They are with him. Yeah. And and he's doing the ministry. And what does he do at the end? He turns it over to them. Yeah. He says, now I'm sending you. Now you go and do everything. Mm-hmm. And that's the passing of that baton. And that's what we do with our kids. That's what we do with our family. We train them. We raise them up in that way. Yeah. How? By being present and showing. Yeah. Don't be absent because then that, that's a void. <clears throat> yeah. That, they're like, they don't know what to do at that point. And there's a lot of people who have entered in ministry and there's a lot of hurt from that, from that parent relationship that needs to be restored before they can actually function the way that they're supposed to function. Yeah. And just as a person whose father left, mm. right, there was a gaping hole. Mm. And I had to find healing. Yeah. And um I I praise God because I had a I had a man of God who stepped into my life who acted as that father figure for me. Yeah. And when I was starting to go down the do the stupid things and go down the stupid road, he found me. Yeah. He came to my place and, and he looked at me and he said, Jason, I remember I got to speak at his funeral and there was only three people there was that's how crazy this was. He was a youth pastor, and there was not even standing room only in the place where he had, because he had touched so many lives. Wow. They had to put an overflow room for his funeral. And I remember sharing this story because he came to my place of work when I was going down this road of sin, and he looked at me and said, Jason, what are you doing? Yeah. He said, what are you doing? Mm. And uh, and that was the those were the words, and they weren't spoken out of condemnation. Yeah. They were spoken out of love. Yeah. To say, like, 
you have a calling on your life. Why are you allowing yourself to 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 be in this place? Yeah. And he and he he didn't stay long. He just said he said I love you, mm. and he left. Wow. And it was that that that's what turned my life around because I was gonna I was gonna stop not going to ministry. I was gonna just go do things and and pursue a different life. And it was those wow. words right there that totally transformed everything in my life and in my heart. And me and my wife started getting our lives together. Yeah. And shortly after that, we got married, and mm. then we started pursuing ministry again. Mm. But those words right there, he was he was looking for restoration in my life, and he yeah. came and he sought me, and he was, uh, and I'm thankful for that, that I had a man of God who, who would do that for me. Wow. And like I said, the power of, of just having that person in your life, it's, it's transformative. And as parents, we have that in our kids' life. Yeah. If, if you still have, com- if you're still, if you're still <laughs> talking to your kids, you still have that. Yeah. If, if unless, I mean, I won't go down that, but yeah. if you have a relationship with your kids, you still have that. If your kids are young, you have that now. Yeah. But you got to realize the the weight of it. Yeah. And you got to realize what God has truly called you to do. Yeah. God, just so you know, if you have a kid, your first priority is not, I mean, it's provision, but it's not money. Yeah. It's not, it's not pursuing all those things and neglecting your family. Your first priority is father. Yeah. Your first priority is husband. Yeah. Those are, you got to get the agenda right. Mm. All the other things will fall into place. Yeah. But if you're missing those things, don't expect to be able to walk in the blessing of the Lord and have kids that are like all yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> or love you or mm. like you. There's a difference between love and like, just so you know. <laughs> and, and honestly, prioritizing the right things because there's such a short window yeah. of opportunity to make an impact on a child's life. Um, the Lord really began to show me the importance of zero to 18, because what happens from zero to 18 determines the rest of a person's life, whether we realize it or not. There are people that are in their seventies, eighties, nineties that are still walking with bitterness because of what happened when they were five years old. And so I want to encourage those that are listening, be very mindful that do not put work first, do not put games and, and a pleasure first because what the main priority of your assignment as a father, as a husband, as a leader is to be, um, take advantage of the impressionable times because kids are like clay. The Bible says we are like clay, that we are moldable and impressionable and you don't want to waste the time that God has gifted you because it's a gift that God's given you that time frame. And uh, one thing I also want to mention too is Jesus told the disciples, go into all the world and make disciples. Discipleship is training. But not only is discipleship training, it goes, if you study the scripture, it uses a reference, an old ox to a young ox. And so I want to encourage you, don't run away from the work that God has called you to do. Even if it's one person that you're influenced, they can change the nations and the generations. Um, one story that really inspired me was Billy Graham's story, where um, the evangelist came in and and they were telling the story that not many people were responding to uh, his um, his crusades and his messages, but Billy Graham responded, and he was I believe he was sixteen years old around that that age, and he ends up changing the face of the nations and the generations. I mean. Billy Graham's been gone even a couple years, but for almost a hundred years, he made such an impact. And I want to encourage you, if you if you feel like your ministry or if you feel like your life is not making an impact, look for the one. 
Because even Jesus gives a parable that Jesus, uh, that in the Bible it says that the shepherd left the 99 for the one. The one matters. You matter. And so I just really yeah. want to emphasize that piece of discipleship. It's hard work. Training people is hard work. Getting in people's lives, it's messy, it's chaotic, but it's worth the investment. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So uh, I think, uh, what do you think? I think I'm uh, I'm all set flowing. If you're yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, this episode was brought to you by nothing. Uh, <laughs> if you, but if you want to sponsor an episode and get an ad, we I guess we could do that. Yeah, why not? We'll give you a shout out on here. Um, but uh, yeah, do you want to do an invitation in a? Yeah, sure. Why not? Go for it. Okay, I'll let you do that part. Yeah, and then I'll close this out. All right. So if you've been if you've been watching this episode, we want to thank you for taking the time um, because what you did was invest in your spiritual walk and growth. And not only did you invest in yourself, but you invested in those that you're connected with because this message will impact your life to such a capacity that it will change everything around you if you believe and walk in faith. And I want to encourage you that if you're watching this podcast and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, that is going to be the number one decision you can make in your life because it doesn't deter, it doesn't just determine the trajectory of your life, but it determines the trajectory of your eternity. The Bible says that we are separated um, from God because of sin, but Jesus came into the earth to give us life and redemption and reconciliation. All these words means that he made us right with God. And I want to encourage you that if you've never um, given your life to God and you've never walked in faith, I want you to take a step of faith today, act out what you learned and listened to in this podcast. And I want to pray with you. This prayer doesn't determine um, your destination, but it's your heart condition. Mm. If you say this in faith and you're, I'm just giving you a simple direction, but it's, it's a heart cry. It's a heart posture of recognizing I'm tired of being broken. I'm tired of walking in the way I'm walking in. My mm. life is being destroyed. My family is being destroyed, but today can be a day of restoration. Today can be a day where your life changes forever. Mm. if you choose to make this decision. And so the Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord, his name is Jesus, shall be saved and your families. Yeah. If you want to see a difference in your family, if there's something stirring inside of you, I want you to pray this with me. And this is an invitation for relationship with Jesus and a changed life and a changed eternity. Can you add one more thing to that? Yeah. Also, if you feel like you've walked away from God. Yeah. Like you're, you're in this too. Like yeah. you can... Today is the day where you can put on the brakes and say, Jesus, I surrender to you. Yeah. I'm done trying to do it my own way. I'm done walking away from you. I want your li- I want your calling upon my life, and I want your blessing upon my life, and I'm going to surrender my life to you. Because what was it? It was the prodigal son yeah. where the Bible says he came to his senses. Yeah. And when he came to his senses, he realized that he had it way better when he was walking with the Father. Yeah. And so I just want to say, if you're listening to this and you're going to lead them in a prayer in a minute, then if, and you're, that's you, you're the prodigal. I did the prodigal very well. Yeah. And, and I, it came to my senses. I said, God, you're calling. And it took that man of God that I was talking about. God, your calling is way better than what I've made a mess of my life out of, yeah. like with all the things I've done. And so, uh, and so I had to stop. I had to come to my senses and I had to return to him. 
Mm. And what I found was there was a God standing there with open arms who embraced me and, and restored me. Yeah. So if that's you in this place, then pray this prayer too, along with those who want that, who want to give their lives to Jesus. It's going to be the best decision you've ever made yeah. because, the, like I said, the light of the righteous gets brighter and brighter every day. And as you walk with God, that you're going to find an increase in your life in joy, mm. in love, in peace, in all the fruit of the Spirit as it just manifests in you. That's just the beauty of it. So. Yeah, yeah so... I want you to just pray this with me in in understanding that um, the Bible says that heaven rejoices for one person to come to uh, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so I want you to just pray, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I acknowledge I've been walking in my own way and I choose to follow Jesus tonight. I choose to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. I pray that you would forgive me of all my sins. I pray that you would enter into my heart and make me new by the blood of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that you died on the cross for me. I receive it by faith right now and I invite you to live with me. And I pray from this day forward that you can have complete control, that you are the Lord of my life. And I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. And again, I really want to encourage you that you need to just confess. Say, Lord, I've been I've been living my own way. I've been choosing alcohol. I've been choosing sexual morality. I've been choosing the wrong way. But I repent. I turn back to you. It's believing in Jesus that will change your life forever and your family. Amen. Amen. And so if you did say that prayer, um, we would like you to reach out to us. Yeah. Like uh, you can go to our our website raisingtherevivalgeneration.com, and uh, and you can you can get a hold of us that way. You could you can send us a message on Facebook at yeah. our at our page. You can message our page. You can go you can join our fellowship group, Raising the Revival Generation Fellowship, and you can message us through that and and be a part of that group because there's encouraging things that we post there. There's some funny things we post there, but we want you to get a hold of us because we want to bless you with with. There's nothing more important than the Word of God. Yeah. And, and we, we know the promises of God because of the Word of God. And so we want to we get a, a Bible in your hand. That's free. That's a gift from us to you. Mm-hmm. So if you said that prayer and, and, and just reach out to us so that we can do that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the end notes, my wife normally does this part. <laughs> but if you want to partner with this ministry, if you've been touched by this ministry and you want to see other lives touched by this ministry, mm-hmm. then there's a way that you can, you can go to, you can cash app or PayPal, whatever those means are. There'll be links in the description below for you to, to be able to do that. To say, like, I want to see this message go forth to other people. I want to see other families impacted by the power of the of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and and I want to see parents empowered to do supernatural, supernatural child raising is what we call that. It's where the spirit fills you and leads you into raising your kids so that you can raise up that revival generation. And so if you want to do that, there'll be um There'll be links in the description below. Um, and as always, please like, subscribe, and more than anything, just share this video. Mm. You know, we, we have the opportunity to spread the gospel easily mm. yeah. just by sharing the video on Facebook or other social media platforms so that those who are near you and dear to you, who you want to see um, receive salvation, and, or maybe they're just their new parents, whatever it is, you want to see them empowered in some way by, by a touch of, the, of Jesus Christ, then share the video. That's a free way of just getting the word out there and spreading the gospel. Listen, the, the internet's used for a ton of bad things. Yeah. 
why not use it for the glory of God by just sharing a video like this? Yeah. So, anyways, we love you. Love you guys. Um, we we and more importantly than us loving you, guess what? God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for you and your family. And and he he's he's uh he's calling you to walk in his ways so that he can bless your life. So God bless you guys. Shalom. And uh and bye.